Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's Penza Hoops Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That's Nate Bauer. Nate, you know why I like this music? This reminds me of 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. And you're driving to the BJC. It's dark outside. It's got a vibe to it. It's got a nighttime. It's time yeah. for basketball vibe. It's time for yeah. the basketball, Nate. We're we're talking we're talking about this team uh, today, coming out of the Charleston Classic. So let's start there. Uh, yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I I mean I'd like to compliment you on the music choice. I just I think it really does. It's it's a more relaxed tone. You know, it's just. It's right. It's it's yeah. the right mood. I like it. It's not, you know, it's not all amped up the way that football is. Uh, yeah, Charleston Classic. Uh, you know, I think that certainly Penn State would have loved to have uh, made the championship game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that Virginia Tech game. They, they, so they open just for people who, uh, you know, maybe weren't following that closely. Penn State beat Furman uh, pretty convincingly on um uh well let me, let me take that back yeah let me let me take that back convincingly uh at times it was a <laughs> convincing lead and then yeah. 16 um, point lead at one point i think yeah i believe yeah. i believe so I, i'm fuzzy on the numbers exactly but and, and yeah, it turned out plays similarly to penn state as the way you described them threes you know yeah. uh, a really good shooting team and penn state was able to be the better of that 
brand of basketball that night, that that morning, I should say. Yeah, I mean the weird the weird thing was is you know Penn State had to uh, kind of gut check right at, at the end of that game. I mean you know yeah. it was uh, a two point game, a tied game. Uh, Penn State Penn State was up by one with a minute and 48 to play. And that was coming out of having a 14 point lead uh, with under 10 minutes to play. So, you know, yeah, like Penn state built a big lead, let it evaporate, but then came through and made some plays at the end. Uh, Seth Lundy made a couple of critical free throws to kind of ice the game, uh, you know, at the very, very end. So, yeah, no, I mean, you know, Penn state passed that first test and then got to Virginia tech and, didn't pass the test. Uh, <laughs> things yeah. streaky. Is that a fair way to put this team? Because th- they get white hot, and then in this game against Virginia Tech, they were pretty cold. Especially yeah. uh, Andrew Funk did not have a great shooting day, and then had some late game heroics. Is that is it a fair way to call this team streaky? Um, it, it was really the first of that kind. I, I think. I mean, they they really did not shoot their percentages at all. Uh, and actually, it, it it demonstrated two things. One, yes, they can miss, right? I mean, they, they have had a pretty good yeah three three point shooting uh, frequency, right? I mean, their their percentages are really good from three, but they they weren't they weren't in the first half of that game. They just yep. they just were not in sync offensively. Andrew Funk wasn't going, um, and so you know I'm looking at the numbers here. He turned it around though. Like that was, that's the second part of the equation yep. is this was a team that could not make a shot in the first half to save its life and still ended up making 11 threes. Right. And, and so they closed that gap. They found themselves down by 12, I believe at halftime and through that, right. Through shooting, through being able to, yep. to, to make those shots, were able to, to whittle that lead away from, from Virginia tech. But it, it was, like multifaceted because I think that some people would focus on the end of the game and not being able to get a stop, which yeah. was important, which was important. It was important. And I think Virginia the big Tech- man conversation comes up in that moment, right? Where you're relying yeah. on the three and they were not getting quality shots at the end of that game. That was one of the biggest struggles I think is that they couldn't get as good of a shot as Virginia tech could. So that three, two transaction of we're going to shoot threes, you're going to get twos. The probability of that, flipped to Virginia Tech late in the game and and yet they still had an opportunity you know with with a side out with whatever it was 13 seconds left to play uh they took a timeout maybe with six or seven seconds left on the clock um and got a final look right I mean Mm -hmm. it wasn't it certainly was not the play or was not the outcome that was drawn up very clearly uh they intended to get that ball to uh, Miles Dredd or Andrew Funk. Um, and so Jalen Pickett, who was inbounding the ball, had to to settle for Cam Winter in the backcourt. And, you know, just he made a drive, but just couldn't get fouled uh, and lost possession of the ball. So uh, disappointing result for Penn State in that one. But, you know, Virginia Tech's good. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia Tech's a good team. The, it was interesting to me because – uh, my, my main takeaway, and, and again, like this probably is shaded somewhat by my bullishness on the potential of this team. Yeah. But if Penn State shot its percentages, they would have easily won that game. 
right? I mean, right. You, you will, right. yes, because of the deficit, 61 to 59, you only needed one more three uh, to, to, to win that game. But even if, if Penn state had shot 40%, which is for the most part, what they've been shooting from three this season or better in some instances, but if they had shot 40% from three, they would have won somewhat comfortably, I think. Um, yeah, but it just, it wasn't there and they missed is, is part of that. I mean, how do you do the calculus of the defense's effect on the offense's output? Because right. it sounds like what you're saying is like their shooting is insulated from the teams they're playing. And I don't think that's what you mean, but is that kind of something you're imagining they're going to shoot in average, their average night, considering the defense they're playing is something you're 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 more driving at more so than what we've seen of them against teams early in the season that are not on the level of Virginia Virginia Tech. Uh I guess my issue is Virginia Tech is a good defensive team, but Penn State was still getting open looks. It it wasn't as mm-hmm. though the shot quality had decreased to the point where look, three three pointers are yes, a less efficient shot than something closer to the basket typically, but when they're wide open looks, these are guys that Penn state has recruited to play at Penn state to make these shots. And right. so far this season, they have done that. I mean, they're fourth, they're fourth or excuse me, 14th nationally through six games uh, in three point field goal percentage, right? They've made 42.4% of their three point shots. Like that's really good. That is right. really good. Right, right. And I don't think it has been, a symptom of the opponent necessarily. I, I mean, I, I like, I'm not saying that they're going to stay 14 through the rest of the season, but I'll mm-hmm. be very surprised if they're not like, I've seen enough, put it that way. You think they I've can be enough. 39, 40%, even if it a- averages out a little bit lower, they're still going to be a good shooting team, which is somewhere in that ballpark. Absolutely. Yeah. I, okay. I, I mean, I truly, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if they don't finish 40 or above for the season. So, this is the BWI Hoops podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer, our senior basketball reporter here, giving you his perspective on the tournament, the Charleston Classic, and, of course, coming up here, what's next for Penn State basketball. We are just days away, believe it or not, from the uh, the the Big Ten. What do they call that, Nate? The Big Ten kickoff around the, the championship game for football all around that I weekend? Call, yeah, I call it the amuse bouche. But, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if that's right, but uh you know it's a it's a palate appetizer. It's yeah, a, I, I was gonna call it the um the appetizer to the yeah. Big Ten championship game for football. So, yeah. you know, things are heating up before they cool right back down for the non conference schedule. Uh but by the way, if you want to make sure you're if you're listening to the podcast here, which is the only form currently of the Hoops podcast, uh we're still building the video components necessary to launch a show on YouTube. But if you're listening on the podcast version, thank you. Um, we want to make sure that this stays around and this grows. So uh, like, subscribe, download, rate, review, send in lit- written letters to Apple, letting them know how much you enjoy this podcast to let them know that uh, you know they need to move this up in the algorithm. Uh, let's talk about if, if I may next. interject, if I may interject sure. real quickly, uh, when, when you search for Penn state basketball on Apple podcasts, literally nothing shows up. <laughs> it's 
doesn't exist. It's just, it's in the vacuum. So you're still going to have to search for Penn State football uh, to find this content if you're searching from scratch. But hopefully you're able to follow our, our social channels to, to be able to get this. So anyway. Yeah, and all of our shows, by the way, are all on the same feed. So if you follow the Blue White Illustrated podcast, um, it you know this is part of what we're we're putting out there on on that particular feed. So if you've been listening to the football or recruiting content and you're you're now like, what is this? Well, we're talking about basketball, and uh, it's a fun game, and it's going to be played all winter. So in between recruiting uh, updates, you can watch some basketball, and we can talk about it together. Um, but they do have a break after the Charleston Classic, three games, yep. pretty quick in a row, and now they've got one of the longer breaks. What happens now? Yeah, it's uh, I, I actually literally uh, earlier Tuesday afternoon got off the phone or excuse but not off the phone off a of zoom uh, with Micah Shrewsbury. He had a, a press conference is, you know, it, it was by zoom so that people that are traveling for Thanksgiving uh, could could be able to dial in. Uh, and yeah, that was, that was the focus of, of what I asked him was, you know, how do you spend this time? What do you, what do you most want to accomplish? And, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily that he got into the specifics of what they haven't done well or, or what they have done well. It was, Hey, this is, these are your opportunities. He loves practice, right? His right. perspective is like, Oh, okay. This is where the growth happens. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's all internal. <laughs> it's all the, and he, and he talked about it during the Charleston classic, taking the time, wanting to take the time, um, to, to close the book on each one of those games. So don't just, you've got this tight turnaround. And I think that the process typically works as, okay, as soon as this game's done, you're moving on to the next one. Like, yeah, you, you gotta, because you have to, it's such a condensed timeline where you've got to immediately start turning your attention to Virginia tech. And he said, he didn't do that, uh, that, that, that they didn't do that. They, they wanted to spend the time going through Furman, see what they did well, see what went wrong and improve on those things. Uh, did the exact same thing after the loss to Virginia tech. And then again, after Colorado state. And so now uh, they had off on Monday as a team, you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm, I'm guessing they'll have shoot around walkthrough on Friday before a seven o'clock game on Friday night uh, at the Bryce Jordan Center against Lafayette. But yeah, it'll be it'll be all about who and what this team is, right? Like who and what this team is right now, what they've done well, what they haven't done well, uh, and how to how to double down on their own system to to improve. Right to to be better to be a better team fundamentally uh, going into this kind of next stretch of games. Yep, and for those that are not up to date on the Penn State basketball schedule, because I'm terrible with schedules. Like you know, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's my personal or professional life. I know what's happening the next day when I check the day before. So just so we all have that information, um, this Friday, twenty fifth, Lafayette. So that's what you're talking about this this week to really kind of practice, right? And then the 29th, Correct. which is Tuesday, so another break there, and then they get into the Big Ten tip-off tournament, the the uh, charcuterie board around the main spread of the Penn State <laughs> basketball game. God, I love a good charcuterie board, Nate. But I they, love fancy meats and cheeses. They have they have a break before that though. So like these two games, this Lafayette game, and then at Clemson on Tuesday night. 
are the middle of a break sandwich. Yeah. Uh, right. So like this, uh, I, I'm going to extend it more to look Lafayette's not good. Uh, they're, they weren't expected to be good this year. They're, they're, they haven't been good so far this season. Um, so that's, that's a, the timing of this aligns where, mm-hmm. y- yeah, you can spend more time focusing on yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you can spend more time focusing on yourself because the upcoming opponent isn't, isn't that bad. Um, right. You know, and so, yeah, Lafayette at Clemson and then a, a more extended break. They have eight days between games uh, after that, after Clemson, mm-hmm. b- before they play Michigan State back at the British Jordan Center on December 7th, I want to say. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it shapes up nicely for them to have bitten off these first six games, right? You, you do them real fast. It's boom, boom, boom. Now you have the ability to turn inward mm-hmm. because you have a you have a representative sample size. I'm not saying that it's all the same competition as the Big Ten. It's not, but right. you've done you've done enough. You've seen enough to have an idea of what are the things, the primary things that you need to work on. What can you accentuate more? What are teams going to do against you? He brought that up on Tuesday uh, of of how teams are going to try to guard them. And once you know that, once you see what that objective is, okay, that's fine. How do you still do the things that you want to do to be successful? So how how much improvement would you expect to see from this team because of this, right? So focusing inward, self-scouting, getting better, practicing, um, would you say a noticeable difference in the maybe not even the game against Lafayette, but the, at the end of this, the accumulation of all of that work against yeah. Clemson and then heading into uh, the Big Ten games, would you expect freshmen to see a little bit more playing time now that they've gotten that, you know, the first five, six games under their belt? Uh, would you expect to see sh- more sharp play? What sort of outcome do you do you see out of this? I th- I think that you're already seeing it, but it's it's on the defensive end of the floor more than anything. Gotcha. Uh, right. It's, it's being able, um, you know, to really keep Butler in check to, to, I mean, even the game that they lost, you know, you lose a game to Virginia tech and give up 61 points. Like they can live with that. That's okay. Yeah. Virginia tech could not shoot. <laughs> I mean, they, the, at least from the outside, they, they yep. were terrible uh, shooting from the perimeter. And so now you've got, a little bit of a sample size where you could say, okay, these, these are the things that for the most part uh, Penn state has done well on the offensive end and on the defensive end, how have they gotten better? And uh, you know, it, it seems, it seems apparent to me that certainly Shrewsbury, I think, you know, the program as a whole is pleased with some of the strides that they've been taking defensively. They just need to make more. There's just more to grow. Um, yeah. And they'll continue to do that over these next couple of weeks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that kind of brings us to what we've seen so far. Five and one. First off, uh, I'm going to ask. I'm going to do the media thing. I'm going to ask you two questions at once, even though we have all the time in the world to do this, and I don't have to do that. But uh, um, is this a good start to this season? You know, as far as comparatively to other teams you faced, and then you know we've talked around this. We we've kind of described it, but who is this team, and is it what you expected? Yeah. Um, you know. I yes. Yes. For the first question. Yes. Five and one at this point in the season, uh, given the schedule, I think is, is good. Uh, six and oh would be better. Four and two would be worse. You, you know, like, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> welcome it's, to math with I Count know, Bauer. <laughs> I know it's, it's just there, the competition level and, and just given some of the, the hurdles that they had to work through at the front end of this, you don't know. Right. You just you don't know if you're going to stub your toe and drop a game that you shouldn't drop. And overwhelmingly, not overwhelmingly, completely, they have not done that. They didn't stub their toe. They didn't lose any of the games that are either an even matchup or that Penn State should win. And then the one game that they had against, I would argue, a a fairly comparable team, Virginia Tech. Yeah, they they lost, but mm-hmm. Virginia Tech being the better of the two, they lost, but they were in it and you know managed to overcome just a really poor look in the first half of that game. So, yeah, I mean things things get interesting very quickly. Yeah, right. I mean you you, you know playing Lafayette is fine. Okay, now you're, now you're starting to rack up wins. You've got Canisius, <coughs> Quinnipiac, and Delaware State to round out the non-conference schedule um, after that. Clemson game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, like you know, you you very well have an opportunity to go five, six, seven, eight, nine, like nine and two at worst in the non-conference schedule. That they'll live with that. They'll be very happy with that. So, Uh, um, and that's not that's not even. I won't I won't assume a loss at Clemson, but that'll be a tough game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's always one that being on the road and, and an unfamiliar opponent, I feel like that's always kind of a wild card. Even if the, even if the team is good, it's always a kind of a hard thing to figure out. Um, I know I've I've harped on this like uh, I'm talking about a fullback, but uh, the bigs rebounding. How has that gone given their situation with the team that has a little bit lacks balance right lacks the traditional sense of balance in in size and and that stuff um it's been fine it's been fine honestly i i think that it burned them at times uh more second chance points in the three games that they just played in charleston than they had in the prior three right Mm -hmm. uh they had not been giving up many second looks they hadn't been giving up second chance points and that the, the cracks started to show, I would say, a little bit more uh, in, in the games against Virginia Tech, specifically in Colorado State. Uh, but beyond that, 
no, they've been they've been fine. I mean, and, and you're doing it by committee. That that was the approach. They knew that they were going to have to take that, uh, and it it has been it has been fine. I mean, they've been even yeah. really in most of those games. There hasn't been a huge lopsidedness. They they do not offensive rebound like doesn't exist. Uh, if you look at their their national numbers, they're three hundred. 47th <laughs> in offensive rebounds per game, but they're tied for 71st in defensive rebounds per game. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can make it not a huge issue, you're okay. Because this is a Penn state team that, that for the most part, doesn't, uh, turn the ball over. Now they had some issues with that in this Charleston classic for sure. Uh, yeah. Specifically in the first half of that Virginia Tech game, they were they were really turning the ball over there. But for the most part, it's a it's a formula. You see how this formula is shaping up, is what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> like yeah. this this responsible approach offensively. They're not doing anything defensively that is risk taking, but just being secure and stout defensively is enough, right? For, force right. teams into taking fundamental. Tough force teams into taking tough mid-range jumpers like yeah. just, just do that as much as you possibly can uh and then you can live you can live with the outcome because for the most part teams are going to they're tough shots one uh and two you can you can corral those rebounds with your guards so yeah it's been okay uh, i something that you and i discussed this weekend, this past weekend over text message, I just think is an interesting conversation before we get into the final thing today is just that I, I understand that they were program building challenges last year, mm -hmm. but I was really impressed watching this team so far and how very different they are from last year, not yeah. just in the talent, but the style that they're playing. And I understand, you know, one thing that you said in that conversation was, well, this is what they want to do all the time. And like last year was the anomaly. But the ability to coach two different styles as effectively as you can, I was just really impressed by Micah Shrewsbury being able to craft a team each year so far with, yeah. a, with a distinct identity. Um, how much is that a thing that just happens naturally because the talent changes? And how much is that a, a choice by the coach? And with this one in particular... How good is he at doing that? Am I off base of saying like, you know, this is an exceptionally good job so far? I, I always like to see a larger sample size than than two, right? Just last year was such a conundrum on the front end that you just you're doing what you can to survive. I mean, they're they're just pulling out smoke and mirrors and every trick that they can to to make games competitive. Right. With this but foundation. They <laughs> but that, they did. That, I guess is what but I'm saying. Did. But they did. Yeah. Yeah. But you're just, but again, like you're just, you're just trying to find, like last year, you're just trying to find, you're just trying to give yourself an opportunity to be in the game, to be in it. Right. Uh, and, and yes, they won some games. They lost some close ones. But part of that was a function of just slowing the game down to the extent that they did. This year, it's just, you've you've flipped a switch because you don't only have one reliable offensive option in Jalen Pickett. Jalen Pickett remains the centerpiece, yes, but he 
teams will take him away this season and he yeah. will still have outlets that can make teams pay. It, it just, the, the whole pick your poison notion didn't really exist for Penn state last season, given the, the roster makeup, just who they had. Yeah. Even miles dread, who has been a reliable three point shooter for them so far this season, coming off the bench, he's been good. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was hurt last year. He played hurt the whole, the whole season. So now you have Andrew Funk, Miles Dredd, Dian Johnson shooting threes. Uh, Kemba can shoot threes. Cameron Winter, Seth Lundy. Like all of these guys can stretch the floor. And it's just, it's going to create problems for uh, the teams that Penn State faces. So yes, it's like, that's a long way of saying, if you listen to them, when they talk about the recruiting class that they just signed, when they talk about their overall philosophy for this season, the three pointer is not going away, yeah, at all. Like it now, they will, I think, have to adjust and rearrange and make tweaks, right, based on the talent that they have for who's handling the ball. Like J- Jalen Pickett's not going to be here next year, right? Uh, right. Is is Jameel Brown? Is he the guy who? can do the same things and create the same opportunities for others. We'll see. Is Kanye Clary that I, I you know, I don't know. We'll see. But um, this is, yeah, this is, this is it. This is, if you can design a team of how Penn state wants to play, this is it. So let's get into the next part that you excellently transitioned us through the freshman. Yeah. That's a, big part of this season is the veterans that are playing and the freshmen they have to get ready to play and be a part of the rotation so how has that gone so far and what's what do you think is going to happen here in the next couple games with that group yeah so i mean certainly the the colorado state game was interesting shrewsbury had shortened the bench um and i'm I think that it's going to fluctuate from game to game. That's the that's the bottom line answer is that depending on opportunities, depending on matchups, depending on who they are. I mean, he he mentioned it on Tuesday. Uh, hey, these are 18-year-old kids. They're impossible to predict from day to day. What, right? Like who, just who they're going to be as, as people. So obviously as a he's coach, a dad. But yeah, as sure. a coach, his, his son is also committed to the program. So it's funny that like, he has the ultimate insight into that as the father of a teenage boy and a teenage basketball player. So that is that is perfectly said. We we talk about this all the time uh, with football, but it it carries over to coaching in general. Coaches love to know what they have. That that's it. Is is yeah. e- even if even if it's uh, you have this opportunity to have a guy who gets streaky and can really go off for you. That that's great. That that's a great thing to have in your back pocket, but if he's not consistent, if you're not sure what type of performance you're going to get from this guy, like that impacts you. And so I I would say that it's twofold. One, it's the players themselves needing time to develop and get comfortable and make strides and you know, all of the development aspects that you want to see at the early part of their careers. But the other side of it is also Mike Shrewsbury developing a trust, developing yeah. a, a confidence that these guys are going to be who he thinks they need to be when they get uh, onto the hardwood. So, yeah, it's it's specifically 
Kevin Jai got his start against mm-hmm. Colorado State uh, in place of Caleb Dorsey. That was his first start of his career. Uh, and, you know, eight points, uh, three rebounds. He, like, he was fine. He was good. Um, you know, not, I, I don't think, like, anything remarkable. Um, but, but yes, was a good start for him to in, in his first start. Then the interesting points were Kanye Clary coming off the bench and Evan Mahaffey coming off the bench earlier in the process. Like it was, it was earlier in the bench for the rotation for those guys to get into the game. And I, I think that for anybody who watched, they flashed, mm-hmm. right? It, it was, it was, you know, uh, Clary had a couple of drives to the basket. He got fouled on one. He made both of his attempts. He's got that quick first step. You can see the elements there of his, um, how dynamic he can be and really on both ends of the floor. Um, I think that ultimately he's, he is uh, defensive suited. I think that he can be a true weapon defensively um, and his offense will come along. And then Evan Mahaffey, it just has this length. Yeah. He just, he's just a, he's just, <coughs> excuse me, a, a, I think I forget which game it was in, but uh, it was one of the two this weekend where, he just ripped down a rebound and it was exactly what you described earlier of it was a mid range two, and uh, it was up in the air and he came down with it and there was no doubt about it because he's got that length and, you know, good movement skills. So, yeah, it, yep. you can see the like you said, you can see the assets that they can bring to the table once they get integrated. And, the, and the, for him specifically, I think that you saw the effort plays that he made. Uh, on both ends of the floor, so it's it's something to work with, right? It's it's a it's a starting point for these guys to play. I I will be surprised if Jamil Brown doesn't work his way. He's got a little bit more, um, you know, just and the same holds true for Kanye Clary, but it's crowded there. It's crowded there with your guard play. Uh, Jalen Pickett's going to get a ton of minutes that he makes them go. Uh, yeah. so, so where do you find your spots? Cameron winner is going to get a ton of minutes for them. So it's just, it's going to be a balancing act for Shrewsbury to, to kind of pick and choose his spots of how, when, where to get those guys into the game. Are you going to give us a Lafayette preview? No. <laughs> Penn, Penn state will win. And I don't, I know how much you love that question. Close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's it's so hard early in the season to get a great read on everyone and what everybody is necessarily, but yeah. at this point in the year, uh, yeah, I think that Lafayette will have a hard time keeping up with Penn State offensively. They're one and four. Bring up the numbers now. They're one and four. They're scoring under sixty points a game. Uh, and if you could be so stout defensively that Penn state right struggles the way that it did against Virginia tech. Oh, okay. Maybe, but, uh, you know, home rims, the way that they've shot the ball at the Bryce Jordan center so far this season. I, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily expect it to be all that competitive, but that's why they play the games. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Nate. This isn't the last time we'll be talking, but happy Thanksgiving. 
Happy Thanksgiving, T. Frank. Thanks so much for having me. I love doing this. This is great. Yeah. Um. Any, anything else before we get out of here? Were you disappointed earlier in this week when we were both at James Franklin's week of the press conference? I know you've got a lot of food hot takes, and he mm-hmm. was going around the room talking to everybody about their Thanksgiving meals. Do you have any you want to you want to give us now uh, that you didn't get out earlier this week when we had the public forum about Thanksgiving? Uh, no, no, I, I love it all. I, you know, I, I, this is, I, I don't think melancholy. This is like the good end of things. A couple of years ago, my family and I, and when I say my family, I mean, my immediate, my wife. And at that time, one child had a private Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Like COVID and just a COVID Thanksgiving pulled people apart. Uh, so I am, I am thrilled for normalcy and appreciative of being around uh, the people that I love on an extended basis. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Thanksgiving from that side of things, particularly to have grandparents who will be watching my children for me. <laughs> I was going to say that w- this is the second show in a row that you and I have done where we left with like a moral story and a conclusion like a fable so thank you for undercutting it there with the with the, with the truth and the honesty I don't <laughs> care about sweet potato pie it's not my thing it's not I don't it's it's fine I will eat literally all of it so. can I can I admit something else here at the end of the show that I'm sure somebody's gonna have some sort of hot take about I don't know the difference between a yam and a sweet potato I eat sweet potatoes on a regular basis, but I don't know the difference between a yam and a sweet potato. So if we're having a conversation about pumpkin, sweet potato pie, whatever, it's all orange roots. And uh, I usually eat it because you put a lot of sugar in there and a lot of fat in there. And it's probably mostly delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really left that one hanging for you. I didn't yeah. really give you anything. I just said, here, I've tried to end the podcast twice, so let's just do it now. That'll do it for the for the Penn State Hoops podcast. We'll be back next week talking about uh, Lafayette, but really kind of previewing the next thing to come with Penn State basketball. And again, that is after the Lafayette game this Friday, Tuesday, next week uh, at Clemson, and then uh, after that, December 7th, is the Big Ten tip-off Wednesday against Michigan State at the Bryce Jordan Center. Give you a heads up on all that stuff. We'll be back with the Penn State Hoops podcast. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Nate Bauer. Thanks, as always, for stopping by. Make sure you subscribe and all the stuff I said at the beginning. We'll talk to you later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and
Vermont, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.